Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm so excited to have a guest on today that's going to talk about some marketing, talking about living authentically and the total collision between those two. I am such a fan of carving out your own life. You hear about it all the time here on this podcast. And this is going to be that in stereo, just absolutely live and 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 juicy, right? So welcome to the show, Paul Cortman. Well, with that introduction, I am really happy to be here and excited to bring live in stereo uh, stories from the trail, as it were. I love it. Stories from the trail. Well, I like to use these words. You know, we joke around about this being a modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And then my my producer always jokes around, Priscilla, how could it be an antiquated podcast? How could it be modern podcast? And so I like to throw out words that he enjoys, like stereo and hi-fi and, you know, all these kinds of, it's in Dolby. <laughs> so, nice. Just to really hack him off a little bit. But So this is going to be such a fun romp, Paul. I am so excited. Somebody put us together um, because, I, well, they obviously know me enough to know that I have such a love of carving out your own life. And here I'm running a marketing agency, one that specializes in digital. But my husband and I sail. We've, uh, you know, toyed with ideas of just selling it all and going and all these kinds of uh, lifestyle ideas. And you are just such the blend of it. We're going to have such a great time talking about your actual experience. Like you said, from the trail, from the road, you guys are actually doing it, living the family dream off the grid to some degree. We're going to hear about how much on the grid and how much off. But really, it sounds to me more than anything totally connected, totally connected to your family. So I'm excited about it. So let's start at the beginning for people who are just have never heard Paul Cortman and what your story is. Tell us about your little bit about the website, the podcast, but we really want to hear why. How did this story start where your family took off? Okay, so uh, I'm a certified nerd. Uh, I worked in <laughs> IT for 10, 12 years, something like that, and uh, uh, had a big mouth while I was being the IT person at a marketing agency, a traditional marketing agency, and was telling the web developers that they were doing SEO and PPC wrong, and they said, fine, why don't you go do it? And I, long story short, I built an, a department, a digital marketing department within a traditional agency, uh, hired a guy to replace myself in IT, hired four staff, and then woke up one day and said, I could do this myself. Um, and, you know, we were dealing with $80,000 projects and I, you know, most of the people I was networking with, I just had to say, no, we can't help you because you don't have the budget for it. So I stepped out on my own, started my own agency. Uh, didn't, uh, there's, we could get into all that. I hate the agency model. And so I really <laughs> never wanted to call myself an agency, um, or my business an agency, but yeah, uh, I've woken up now that I really started an agency. Um, <laughs> And and we had a successful run. Uh, we uh, woke up one day, uh, my wife and I, we had chosen to homeschool out of a philosophical choice. Mm -hmm. And I lived an hour away from, you know, a major city. So I rarely went into town. I had only met half of my clients. And so the other half, I had never met them. And I was already doing basically remote work for all of my clients. Uh, and so we like to say we fell into this location-independent lifestyle. I we love owned that. a home. Location-independent lifestyle. I, I, I read that on your website, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a great, such a great uh, um, 
subject matter. This will be the uh, um, the what, what did you just call it? The location, the location independent. independent. I love lifestyle. it. <laughs> okay, cool. So it doesn't mean that we have to travel. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, digital workers or that we're nomads or anything. We're just location independent. And so what at the time we weren't, we owned a house. We, well, we owned the debt on the house. (laughs) And so we, you know, I had been listening to a few podcasts, uh, as it were, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. And it was all the um, digital nomads, you know, starting a business and, and living in Southeast Asia and all that. And it's a bunch of single white guys. And I'm like, is it possible for a family to do that? And that was four years ago. And uh, we ended up saying, yeah, we think we can do it. Um, you know, the baseline for a single person is $1,000. If you can make $1,000 a month, you can live in Southeast Asia and you can build your business beyond that. Uh, and so... I had no idea what it was for a family. Uh, long story short, we've then built a support network for families to do the same thing themselves because there was nothing out there. And so you now call we have that, you call that businesses. nomad together, right? Correct. You know, even because location independent is is a is a long non catchy phrase. So we <laughs> went with nomad and uh, and nomad together. The concept of that you know we're doing this as a family, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you know we set ourselves apart and we say, hey, if you you know yeah sure we can talk about starting a business and we can talk about uh, earning revenue and we do that all the time on our podcast and you know through our support channels, but. You know, we really talk about putting your family first and how can you start a business when you have two little kids mm-hmm. and you're traveling the world and how does that all work? And so there's just many more variables that come into play instead of these cocky digital nomads who say, oh, I make $3,000. I'm living the high life, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, well, I've got two kids and $3,000 <laughs> doesn't cut it. So, you know, like giving giving some more realistic perspective for, uh, you know, an entire family. And what does that look like? Cause for me with four kids, a wife, two dogs, uh, you know, it's a thousand dollars for us to fly internationally anywhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just a whole different thing when we work with, uh, travel hackers and they're like, wow, you can save a lot of money when you put your whole family together. And I said, yeah, but how many of your customers, buy $6,000 worth of plane tickets in one drop. And they're like, never before, you know, so. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. Well, I happens. must need, I, I need your travel agent when you can get all, uh, all six of you somewhere uh, for $1,000. I will talk about that after the show. I want in. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I misspoke. I meant to say six grand, but yeah. Six it's... grand, okay. <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you're a blogger, yeah, very prolific blogger, a digital marker, marketer, an SEO expert. Um, I know from reading some of your uh, some of your writing too, uh, you're, you're Christian and you're raising your kids in uh, this homeschool environment. My husband raises uh, our kids in a homeschool environment and uh, love the freedom that that brings with traveling. But let's break down just a little bit for some of my listeners who are solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and digital marketers themselves, some of them freelancers. Let's talk a little bit about the work for a minute and unpack that. How does that happen from the road? And also tell us what you do and, you know, what it is you love to do. 
Well, the interesting thing is it's different for everybody. I, you know, one of the things that I do now as part of the support for families is I run mastermind groups, which I'm helping all these families all around the world live their lifestyle, their dream lifestyle. So it's, it's fun, but it's also, I have to say, I can explain my way of doing it, but that's not, you know, the only way. Realize that there are a gazillion ways to make mm-hmm. this lifestyle happen. Mm-hmm. How we do it, uh, well, for our first year, we were flying and staying in Airbnbs and, uh, you know, we, and ended up doing a round the world trip our first year. Uh, then we ended up buying an RV and we were planning to travel the Americas. Uh, we fell in love with Mexico. And so we've been here a year and a half mm-hmm. uh, traveling around the country. But we, I, I work in front of a laptop. I have great clients and I um, do my best to stay in touch with them. My phone is always connected. Uh, and so um, I, you know, through things like, I don't know if you want to get technical, but things like Google Hangouts and yeah. uh, stuff like that, like it's just all a breeze. And and one of the things that I did is when I had a U.S. cell phone uh, signed up for Google Voice, and that's my U.S. number, I can then have that transferred to my Skype number and have that ring my actual cell phone or have it transferred to my phone number in Mexico. And so like you can dial my US-based number and my cell phone will ring and we're not using any data. <laughs> and so it's going all over the phone line so you get a crystal clear connection. So there's there's different hacks to make this lifestyle work right. and work well. Um, but what I do for a living is I used to do anything within the realm of digital marketing. And I don't want to you know, be too crass, but I was basically whoring myself out mm-hmm. of like, if the price is right, right. I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, that that is a terrible way to build a business, but that's how agencies are built. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in the last year, we've actually reconfigured things that we've productized our service. And so we have basically four products that you can purchase. Two of them are in the SEO arena. One is in um, PPC, so online ads, and one is in uh, landing page optimization or conversion optimization. Uh, it's it's one that we've, we're dabbling in. I'm pretty close to shutting it down. So we really focus on SEO and PPC. And it's just been amazing because I've run this business for seven years and I've, you know, worked 60, 80 hour weeks. And right now I'm probably only clocking 20, but I have a staff of four that are crushing it for me. And because it's all systematized, we never have an upset client. We Mm -hmm. never have things go wrong. We never have things behind. I have one custom job still going and that is always behind the due date and behind timeline and over budget and all the systematized stuff it's always on time always ahead of the client and uh and just done beautifully well and it's digital work it's seo work that people can actually measure and so you've also taken some of the guesswork out of that because there is this ability to have set goals of what kind of website traffic you want and you know and really actually measure them so let's talk let's delve into one of your products about you know your your you've systematized actually let's talk about ppc 
So, you know, this is where everybody um, should be at on some level with their business where, um, you know, they're actually able to gain traffic that is relevant traffic, you know, to their site. So give us one little one little tidbit in terms of best practices, because we do talk about that a lot on this podcast. What is actually working in PPC right now? Well, this is not a best practice, and Facebook calls us out on it every time we do it, but it works, and it works wonderfully. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's just a little a, a, a hack that An we inside do. scoop. I love it. Okay, we're we're yeah. we're, all, we're all ears. Um, pause your ads and start a new ad set, and just copy the ads right back into it and start them up again. And it's like. Really? Why would I do that? It like it seems stupid, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is when Facebook receives a new ad and they haven't built this into the algorithm because I haven't talked about it enough uh-huh. yet. It's just me who's doing it. Um, but when they receive a new ad, they put it out in you know, you get large impressions on your first day or two of the ad. And so they're trying to see what the conversion rate is going to be, who it applies to. They hyper-target better than you target. So you set a certain target. They'll look for a subset in there that's more likely to uh, click on it or you know enjoy your ad. And so they spread it really wide those first couple of days. Well, guess what? That means you're paying the same amount of money in a month that you did on those first couple of days and you're not getting anywhere near the impressions or anywhere near the clicks because Facebook has you pigeoned to a certain audience. Okay, I just want this to be said right here. I mean, I'm an agency director, we do these things and that is a new tidbit for me. So I love the constant learning that is is just, how did you stumble on it? Did, what happened? Uh, we're data driven and so we're always looking at charts and we're always looking at the data and it's like um, I don't know if I asked it or one of my staff members asked and just said wait a minute why the big spike here and it's like oh you know oh we just started a new ad okay what happens if we pause all our ads and start them again and so you know it took us a while to get into a groove of figuring you know we did a bunch of testing to figure it out we used to pause for an entire day and then just hit play the next time um you know but now what we do is we just start a new ad group copy them all in thanks to the power editor it's just Mm -hmm. you know copy paste and you're done easier (laughs) do you remember the olden days before the power editor (laughs) i remember before there was a power editor in google so like we're going way back to where everything was manual but yeah yeah, you know those were also the good days where you know click-through rates were in 25 cents Mm -hmm. uh Oh my gosh, I almost don't remember that. On the other hand, uh, we also both worked before there was social media. So, I mean, true. Well, let's talk a yep. little bit about uh, you'd mastermind um, that. Oh, and, and I really want to tell people too, you can check out more of what um, uh, what Paul does at Connects Digital Marketing and that's C-O-N-N-E-X digitalmarketing.com. Check it out. They do great work. And like I said, there's just like there's actual, you know, products uh, um, to buy actual packages uh, that with just the systematic delivery. So I love it. If that, if you're in the market for something like that, um, check it out. So let's hear a little bit about so you're masterminding um, with some people who want to go out on their own and uh, be location independent and carve out their own life. So, you know, how does the podcast fit into that? 
So really what happened was my wife, Becky, and I, we set out and we reached out to everybody we could who we had an inkling that they, you know, had kids and were traveled. Mm-hmm. And um, and being, you know, a believer coming from a faith background, there were a ton of missionaries. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is expats have – a fantastic support group. So if you work for a company that sends you overseas, they've arranged with some other company who provides all the support and logistics and whatnot, and it's like super fantastic. Missionaries have have similar structures, although it, I don't know about fantastic, but they have support <laughs> networks, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's all built in. There's books written. They know what to do. They have, you know, bosses and superiors and area directors and all this. If you don't fit in those two camps, then you look over to the digital nomad camp and you're like, hey, here's a bunch of traveling, you know, workers. Like, I can fit in with them, Right oh, you have kids and you don't drink till all hours of the morning? What? We can't deal with you. And so, like, there's there's these three fields that have support networks in place, but there was nothing for the nomadic family who didn't fit into an expat who had a corporate job, made buku dollars, and, mm-hmm. you know, their business <laughs> was paying for it, didn't fit into the missionaries who are living off of used food, uh, you know. I, you think I'm laughing, what? but I'm crying. You know, I grew up on the mission field, so just keep going, keep going. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. My favorite line was missionary friends of ours who said, yeah, people used to send us used underwear and used tea bags. Yes. And it's like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, that's lore. Think, that, that's that's MK lore, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> don't let him, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. let him uh, uh, reel you in with that bait. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then, so what we decided is after Becky and I experienced this and, and realized, you know, one of the, one of the stressful things, like our kids have a lot of choice in mm-hmm. our lifestyle, but one of the things that they don't get to choose way back in the day when we first started was the fact that we're moving. Like, hey, we're going to go travel here and we're taking you along with us and we're trying to get you excited about it, but you have no idea what you're in for. And one, you know, one of our another family that we found that was doing this at the same time as us, they called us two months into it and confessed, guys, we bought cereal. You know, we we went for some Western foods for our kids and I can't tell you how awesome it's been. (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute, like. You know, because you're supposed to be in the culture and experience the culture and all this. And it's like we've come to realize that kids and food, they need to have comfort there Mm -hmm. because everything else is tumultuous. So if we can provide a little bit of comfort with Western food, then our kids will explore and enjoy and love this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's a story I like to tell because – you wouldn't think of that. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, you're a super adventurous family. We're going to go out there and do this and be all, you know, crunchy and wild and, you know, living in the bush. And it's like, yeah, but guess what? There's like mental health issues at stake right. that we really want to take care of our kids. And so when another family told us that and we did it for our family, like, I hate to admit it, we did it too late. Our kids hate the word Thai food. And it's like, no, it, I, I I drive by a Thai restaurant and say, "Hey guys, let's go get some Thai food," and they're like, "No," even though it, it's not awful. It's just they have a mental picture because they got so sick of it. Right. And, and then we switched them over to cereal, you know, to Western foods, and all of a sudden it was like 
they started loving Thailand. Right. It's only as eating. adults that we uh, look forward to some hot noodles in the morning. <laughs> That's right. an acquired so, taste, yeah. But once again, so then, that comes back to the idea of carving out your life. And you say, be in the culture. And I mean, I'm going to you know, talk a little bit about, I, I do have a degree in cultural anthropology. I did grow up in on the mission field. I, I, I do speak a couple of languages. I do think I know what I'm talking about here. But there's also the sense of you create your own culture and your family is that culture and you're trying to um, carve out your life as a family. And so to honor that culture that is the stew that you have to live in, you know, it's the pot you're all sitting in. I think there's something really wise about that and something honoring to your kids, you know, to, you know, to first, you know, put, there is some element of comfort. That's why we started living in family groups to begin with, you know, this, yeah. this, yeah. this sense of tribe and belonging. And when you are out there and, you know, and so many other things are coming at you that are so different, it is this haven really that is your family, this haven that is your home or that is Captain Crunch cereal, however you need to break it down, you know, that sometimes yep. can be that that level of comfort to be able to operate out in the world and be adventuresome when you need to be. Nobody can be this, you know, this craziness about being outside of your comfort zone 100% of the time. That's just not even, that's not right. It's not healthy. It's not, no. it's not reality. And, that's very cool. But what we learned from it was that we had our own misconceptions mm -hmm. and we were only one family and no matter how many books or podcasts we read or listened to we still got it wrong and mm -hmm. so it was what can we do to prevent that from happening to another family going down the road mm -hmm. and so we started it's gone through various different iterations but right now nomadtogether.com there's an ebook that just gives you a simple here's here's how to answer all the seven most difficult questions when it comes to transitioning your family to location independence. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I do banking? How do I do education? How do I do revenue? How do I, you know, whatever. And so like we, we help answer those basic seven questions. One of them is health insurance uh, because that's a big one. People mm -hmm. are locked in their jobs because I need my health insurance. Well, guess what? No, you don't. But anyways. And guess um, what? You're probably not going to have it here in a few minutes. So, <laughs> Well, that's true too. Thanks to our... Let's not get political. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> we we both lived somewhere else, so I am sure I'm sure we agree. So let's but let's carry right. on. So we've got nomadtogether.com. It's got a Facebook group that uh, has over 1,500 families in there uh, who are living the life or wanting to live the life. And so we only allow families in there, only people with kids. By the way, there are single parents out there doing this, which blows my mind. People think we're amazing and doing a crazy lifestyle. And then I look to like Zelly, who hit every country in the Americas with her son this year uh, or last year in 2016. Wow. And it's How just awesome. like, are you kidding? And then she just told me the other day, yeah, I just bought a VW van in Colombia. We're having it shipped to Mexico. So we'll see you in Mexico in a couple of months. And I'm like, you're a single mom. How? Are, how? <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's amazing. But there are so many people out there doing this. And what we wanted to do was start this community so that there's shared interest and shared experience. And just this week, house swapping and house sitting has gone viral inside the community, which is a way to lower your costs by instead of selling your house in the States or wherever it is that you live, swap it with someone else so you can live on an island in Thailand. Your housing is free. And now you start realizing, wow, I don't have to make as much money anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And so, uh, you know, like there's just all kinds of ways as those of us as families that we can help each other. We also run the podcast because we realized we needed to get the word out. We needed to tell everybody, hey, this is okay. (laughs) There are other ways to do it and people are surviving because there's a couple of podcasts out there that are really inspirational. Like even probably you listening right now are going, wow, I'm really inspired. Paul and Becky can do it with four kids. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inspirational, but we wanted to get practical of like, how do I deal with this? And how do I do our, one of my favorite episodes is, uh, I think our 16th one facing the naysayers of like, we've had so many people say we're screwing our kids up. We're, you know, enjoy Mexico. Cause that'll be the last six months of your life. Cause you're going to die there. Oh, uh, you know, and all these <laughs> things. And so it's like, we put this together into a, an episode that still is one of our most downloaded episodes because people laugh at it right. and people, you connect with it like yeah my stepsister said that or my in-laws said this or you know my in-laws actually sat us down and said you know we're afraid your kids will never be able to read I mean that's <laughs> between the lines because families are never that direct but that's what they said is oh, like wow. we're afraid your kids are going to become dumb because you're traveling and wow. it's like oh okay thanks that's, for the support yeah that's when you just realize people just don't uh, you know they're just speaking out of just a lack of understanding of what travel does right. or how you interact with people um yeah and we get it a lot with with homeschool as well so um but i will i'll give you this paul i, I when i turned 30 uh when i turned 34 we, we've lived in in the house where i live now for 15 years which is very interesting because when i turned 34 I finally was older than the number of homes that I had lived in. <laughs> so awesome. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not dumb. You survived. Your, your kids will be just fine. It's such a cool, yeah. rich, you know, uh, you know, experience. I joke around all the time that, especially growing up as an MK, and uh, for those who aren't in the know, there that we that's our our slang for a missionary kid. So. Uh, MKs, we have our own culture. We, there's also a lot of them call themselves the third culture kids where, you know, you live in one culture. That's not really your culture. You go back home. You just don't fit in there anymore either. And so you really end up living in this third culture, which is an interesting, you know, space, an in-between space to be living in. So, um, and there, there are some people who have taken that and it has been damaging. It has been hard, you know, for people and maybe certain personality types, but there's also such a crazy richness to that life. And, I I remember like, you know, what in, you know, in the summer, you know, and living in Madrid, we would just go to the Prado with our friends, you know, we would, we would go see whatever museum. I mean, you know, we we were all very much into history. And I look back at the things that I've seen and done in the the places that I've, I've, I've gone in, you know, as a very young kid. And it's like I lived this crazy, very affluent life, but with no money. (laughs) So it is very possible, but people just can't conceive of that. And, you know, hopefully there's some encouragement there, Paul. Your your kids are going to be just fine. And I'm sure you already see the signs of that. And it's so fun. So tell us a story that is like that, that is really positive, something that was fun or a great memory. Um, you know, some maybe one of the ways the kids, you know, took something or or what they actually like about their lifestyle. Well, I will do that in just a second. But one of the things that I I wanted to explain is when we were living in Michigan, um, because that's where we were from, we were 30 minutes away from Lake Michigan. And if you've ever been to Michigan, you should have gone there in the summer and you should have gone to Lake Michigan because it's gorgeous. It's Mm -hmm. like the beach at the ocean, only it's not salty and it's fantastic (laughs) and there's no sharks. Um, And so like 
it's it's awesome. And so what we tried to explain to our friends and family back home is, listen, every weekend you pack up and go to the cabin or you go to the beach or whatever. And it's no big deal. It's not like you made this big excursion. You just went for the day and you drove back home. Uh, we do that same thing, only we just happen to go to Chichen Itza for the weekend because we happen to be in town near that. Or mm-hmm. we're going to go visit, um, you know, a Thai island because we happen to be staying on another Thai island. And so it's like, no big deal. We're going to go to Borneo this weekend because mm-hmm. we're right there. So <laughs> helping people to understand that, like, I work Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and I take the weekend to go exploring and we have a ton of fun. Um, but it also is just, you know, when you go out to get groceries, you're living in a completely different culture. You're speaking a different language. And so everything around you is different and unique and fun for the kids. So that being said, uh, we were in South Africa for four or five months and, um, we had, my wife and I had been there 10 years prior to that, uh, as a couple working, to help missionaries, um, if I can say that, you know, like we were actually trying to be missionaries. This is my, and, my uh, show. You can say anything you want, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, there's other shows where they're like, oh, you're a Christian. We can't talk to you. Um, oh. <laughs> but you know, it's been fun. Um, but anyways, so fast forward 10 years and we're here with kids. And so we know a lot about the culture. We know a lot about apartheid. We worked in the townships with the black churches and with blacks all the time for you know six months 10 years ago and very little had changed when we had come back um except for now the ANSI isn't as cool as it used to be but anyways the the we were teaching our kids and at that time my eldest was probably eight or nine and uh she was going around and we had been there for months and we had you know, friends of all different colors and races, uh, there are three categories in South Africa. There's the whites, the colored, and the blacks. So those of you from the U.S., you think colored and black are the same. Eh, not so much in South Africa. In South Africa, if you're mixed, like mulatto, you fall into the colored category. And blacks are your traditional, real African blacks. Um, and black is not an insult. It is a categorization. So anyways... We're going through all this. We're explaining Nelson Mandela. We've gone through a couple of different museums. We've, you know, toured all this, talked about apartheid, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, Nelson Mandela's image is everywhere (laughs) in South Africa. Like you can't get away from it, right? Mm -hmm. And so our kids totally got into this groove of when we were driving in the minivan. Like, look, there's Nelson Mandela. There's Nelson Mandela. There's Nelson Mandela. And one day we're walking. I don't even know. We were walking to a market or something and you know there's another image of nelson mandela on the wall and my daughter goes wait you mean to tell me that nelson mandela was black and my wife and i just kind of looked at each other and went wow how did we not like cover that detail (laughs) but at the same time like the innocence (laughs) that came through there and all of this like wrapped into one like is this a failure of us? We didn't teach very well, or is this our child is not very observant (laughs) or, you know, like where's the negative or the positive of like, Oh my goodness. We just put into her mind 
these categories that didn't exist before. Right, right. Yeah, it's a beautiful, a beautiful story. I have neighbors who uh, they're uh, like whiter than white, and I'm believe me, I'm I'm like I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm not whiter than white. I have two neighbors that are nice. so white it just frightens me. <laughs> like, how do they come this white? And I joke around with them all the time. Well, they have two, <laughs> they have two, uh, you know, uh, redhead uh, boys that they adopted two uh, African American children, and literally one of my one of my kids said to me one. One day when I was explaining adoption, like, yeah, you know, like how Journey and Jessis are adopted. What? That's not their mom and dad? Like, <laughs> just was like I'm loving this moment right here. You have no concept. Yes. And it was so beautiful. Yeah, so you have to choose to see what a beauty that is, that this is a man who, I mean, you just think about that story and how he spent his life and no concept, no concept that None. he would had to have looked like the people that he was speaking for. Love that. I think that's a beautiful story. That's very cool. Well, Paul, this has been such a fun chance to talk, hear your story, just just to hear somebody living a very authentic, uh, uh, very thoughtful uh, life. Certainly. And I love hearing about it, not only in the context of your family, but also in terms of uh, digital marketing and what really is possible out there. So please, listeners, don't forget to go connect with him online. Go check out uh, his agency, ConnectsDigitalMarketing.com. So that's C-O-N-N-E-X, DigitalMarketing.com. But you can also, if you're interested in his travels and what they're doing, you can check out their website, nomadtogether.com. That's where they're connecting and enabling digital nomad families. And that has the podcast, which is the Nomad Together podcast. You can check that out on iTunes or Stitcher and hope you really enjoy it. So from Priscilla McKinney, Little Bird Marketing Company podcast here with Ponderings from the Perch, I'm saying have a great day and live authentically. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.